Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the US. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. On today's podcast, we are talking about the future of e-commerce. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. Hey, everybody. This is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 95. 95, we are digging into e-commerce today. What is e-commerce? Well, we're going to talk about that. And we have a very, very special guest on our podcast today, actually. And of course, Heather Porter is here. Hello, H. Hi, Andrew, and hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Andrew, I'm sitting here absolutely festering in 38-degree heat. What about you? <laughs> I am not festering. In th- I'm actually very pleasant today. I finally got through my summer, and it's about to go into winter. Um, but uh, 38 degrees in November in Sydney, hey, that's pretty special. Special. And we're painting this picture for you guys because our guest is also like Andrew. He's a transplant. He's from Australia and he's over in America. So let me introduce you guys to him. His name is Brent Shepard. Um, I love this. He says that WooCommerce is his hobby and profession. So he founded Prosperous, a company dedicated to building WooCommerce products, including WooCommerce subscriptions, the most popular extension in the official WooCommerce extension marketplace. Uh, Now, he's also provided a technical review for the first ever WooCommerce book called Building E-Commerce Solutions with WooCommerce. And he's done presentations uh, about WooCommerce in Orlando and Phoenix and Sydney, San Francisco. So that's actually where I met this guy. I was at WordCamp in Sydney. Um, I spoke about WordCamp not too long ago on our podcast, and he stood up and he gave a chat. I thought he was a really cool cat and um, really good things to say. And as you guys know, we absolutely love WooCommerce. We talk about it in our episodes. So we thought, why don't we bring him on? So welcome to the show, Brent. How are you? Um, Well, thanks, Heather. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you. So Brent, the Aussie, moved to San Fran. We have Andrew, the Aussie, that's in California. And here I am, the American over here in Sydney. In Australia. What's yeah, going what on? What are we doing? <laughs> the world is confused. <laughs> yeah. Brent, why don't you start by telling us, you said that um, WooCommerce is not only your profession, but it's a hobby. What do you mean by that? Uh, probably that I just play with it on my nights and weekends, even when I should should not be working or even, even just for sort of enjoyment value, I guess. Uh, and also probably that I, I, I enjoy my work with it far more than I really should to think of it as a profession. I think of it as in, in a way a paid hobby, I suppose. It's, it's lucky you're in the right, you're in the right spot then, aren't you? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Cool. So um, now here's the thing. So what I guess we should talk a little bit about what WooCommerce is because lots of people are out there saying um, that they use something like called Shopify, they use Volusion, um, they're looking at easy ways to set up e-commerce. So in your own words, please talk us through the difference of WooCommerce versus some of these other platforms, Shopify and Volusion. And as you're talking through them, let us know the pros and cons of each one. Sure. So 
Uh, the first thing you have to know about WooCommerce is that it's actually a WordPress plugin. So if you've never heard of WordPress before, it's uh, a publishing system for the web. So if you think about Microsoft Word for creating documents, uh, it's a similar piece of software for creating websites. Uh, but it goes a little bit beyond just actually publishing to the web, but it also lets you, uh, lets you create um, sites that do different things. So they call it a content management system. And, and one of those things is e-commerce using a plugin like WooCommerce. Mm. Uh, and so you actually have to have WordPress up and running or get WordPress up and running to use WooCommerce. But at the moment, a bit over 20% of all websites are actually running WordPress. So uh, it's, it's definitely the most popular system or software for creating a website. And WooCommerce just in the last month or so has actually become the most popular e-commerce software for running an online store as well, partly because of the popularity popularity of WordPress. Um, and in terms of comparing it to Shopify and Volusion and some of the many other systems, uh, the difference is that, or the fundamental difference is that with WooCommerce, you actually host it on a server that you maintain or you work with a partner of your choice to maintain. Whereas with Shopify or Volusion, you're actually paying another company for a, a sort of full service solution. So the software, they create the software and they manage it on their own web servers. Uh, I, I, I know you asked me to say this in my own words, but I actually like to use an analogy that uh, Becca Rice um, from sellwithwp.com used to explain the differences. Uh, and she likes to use a rent versus buy analogy where she says using Shopify uh, is like renting, your, renting a house where you don't have to worry about all the nitty gritty of taking care of it or the maintenance of the property or things like that. Uh, and using WooCommerce is the equivalent of actually owning your house. So you get a lot more freedom and flexibility in what you do with the property. You can you can paint it if you want. You can add another room on, but you're also responsible for maintaining the property. So if something's broken, you can't just call, call your landlord and ask them to come and fix it. You have to actually fix it. That's a great analogy. I know we always talk about um, all sorts of platforms online. We're big believers in owning actually owning the property really, you know, and that's why we yeah. always say, get the domain, get the hosting, get the WordPress, get something that you're, that you can actually own and manage because if it shuts down tomorrow or if it, they raise their prices tomorrow, they own your real estate online. So, um, what yeah, are, absolutely. yes, you do have to have somebody that helps you build WooCommerce and manage that with you and, and grow that with you. Is that, do you think that that's a con? Like, do you think that's a negative of WooCommerce? <sighs> I mean, it depends. It really depends because it's it's probably both a pro and a con uh, because it's a, it's a con in the sense that if the person you work with isn't uh, isn't very professional, isn't very experienced, or doesn't have a high high level of concern or care with your site, then it becomes an issue because they might not do a good job of it. Um, but it's also a pro in the sense that. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do, uh, unique things to sort of fulfill your vision or your dream for your store using WooCommerce that just aren't, aren't possible at all with um, Shopify or some of the other hosted solutions because, because you own, own have complete ownership over it. Uh, you basically can do within reason anything you want to do. Very cool. Um, so now I know that when I saw you at WordCamp, you were showing these really cool little examples. You had this great little presentation and you were flicking up little <clears> case studies and things of uh, websites using WooCommerce. So across all the sites that you've been involved with, what yeah. are the main things people are doing right? Let's start with right and then we'll go into <laughs> wrong after that. Okay, sure. I think that's a good good place to start okay. with the right. Um, I'll, fo I'll focus more on the technical perspective. Certainly there's... Um, 
I mean, when you start an e-commerce site, there's all sorts of things you want to do right from the marketing perspective as well as the technical perspective. Uh, but where I sort of um, have have the experience, I guess, is more in the technical perspective. Um, so I think I think probably the fundamental thing that, uh, or the best thing I see people doing right is choosing a high quality host. Mm-hmm. So a uh, host is someone who actually manages. Um, well, well, can manage your WordPress install and then also the plugins on top of it. Uh, and, and in a similar vein to saying the right and the wrong, I've seen sites which are doing reasonable revenue, but they're built on $5 or $10 a month hosting, which is actually um, usually, usually when you're paying that much for hosting instead of sort of say $50 to $100 or, or up to any number you want to pay really. Uh, the the actual service provider is restricting a lot of the things you can do. They're also uh, sharing the actual resources with a lot of other sites in the sandbox to try and keep costs low. So uh, you you end up running into a lot of problems if you don't uh, invest in the hosting for your site. That's sort of the actual foundation. I guess using the house analogy again, it's the equivalent of buying a property uh, on solid solid ground in a good suburb versus uh, building it on sand in a, fl- in a floodplain or something like that where, where you're prone, prone to have and almost guaranteed to have issues if, if it stays there for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in a similar vein, some of the things I see um, that people do right is they actually have uh, an a, I wouldn't quite call it a professional environment setup, but an environment where if they if they need to debug issues, they can set up a staging site, which is a clone of their main site, and then they can test around, um, change different things on that staging site without taking down their live site. Uh, and this is something that you can do with WordPress uh, on on any host, but some some of the hosts make it much easier. Um, for example, WP Engine and, and Pagely both, uh, I think Pagely, I'm not sure, but definitely WP Engine and I think also a company called SiteGround, mm-hmm. they offer staging environments where uh, you can create um, clones of your site, um, deactivate things, install new things, poke around and try and try and diagnose issues uh, and that, that makes life much easier. Uh, the other things I see people doing right is not not going too crazy with what they actually choose to uh, install and run on their site. Uh, WordPress has this great system um, for installing plugins, which just add little any anything from a small feature, so um, something like an SEO plugin, which changes the the title. Um, elements on pages or does things to improve the SEO of the site through to large scale things like WooCommerce is actually a plugin. Uh, And some sites I've seen will have only active plugins on the site because they're very careful to make sure that only only the code they need to be using is actually installed on their site. Mm. Other sites I'll see have sort of um, 50 plugins deactivated, um, maybe some plugins out of date, uh, some plugins up to date and active. Um, it's one of those sort of discipline things in in actually monitoring what is actually running on your site and being careful to, to manage what's on your site. I love that you said that. What about um, specifics of e-commerce? What have you noticed that's been done really well with people actually selling their stuff and, and some good examples there? Uh, I love I love talking about the examples. So, um, well, writing the subscriptions plugin, most of the sites I see are using um, subscriptions because often they'll they'll have a question or a support issue or something like that. Uh, and so there's there's a whole bunch of different categories of subscriptions. Um, I guess broad sweeping categories that I see from sort of memberships uh, through to consumables, which is certainly one of um, 
one of my favorites. I see lots of sites doing sort of boutique or small batch uh, food or, or consumables, be it coffee, uh, through to um, through to things like high performance food, so mm-hmm. dietary supplements for athletes. Uh, and I think anything that um, anything that you consume on a regular basis. So, for example, another great one is even toothbrushes. Uh, there's a the company in Chicago called Smiles for the People who uses um, WooCommerce and subscriptions. Uh, and I actually subscribe to them. I get a new toothbrush every three months. <laughs> cool. Um, but one of the things I love is they teamed up um, to have these unique toothbrushes manufactured. They're made from um, from bamboo and sustainable materials uh, and biodegradable materials. But they also um, take a social entrepreneurship um, aspect to the business and donate some of the profits of or donate some of the revenue for each sale uh, to uh, dental nonprofits that help um, provide dental care for people who can't afford it otherwise. Uh, and so I love I love those sites that both. Um, team up with a real problem and a real need, which is something um, something you might want on a regular basis or might consume on a regular basis and will inevitably eventually run out of or, or need to replace. Uh, and then I especially like the ones like Smile for the People. And there's also a soap site, I can't remember the name, um, using WooCommerce who does it as well. Uh, but it team up with that sort of social entrepreneurship aspect. That's that's great for their story, for the brand, you know, building that story behind their brand and um, it gives them a lot of juice, I guess, on the social sites to be saying, hey, this is what we do. This is pretty cool. Um, yeah, now, exactly. Brent, well, I was going to ask you, um, we've seen a lot of changes um, over the last 12 months on social platforms. You know, we, we hear social platforms change every second day. We're seeing content marketing going crazy out there and the way content marketing is being done is changing all the time. What do you think has been the biggest changes that you've seen over the last 12 months in e-commerce? Uh, there's been so many. I think uh, every every area of technology at the moment is just <laughs> exploding and changing overnight, or reinventing itself every other week. Really, um, one of one of the changes I've I guess it would possibly be the biggest one, but at, at very least, well, certainly there's a lot of interesting things happening in payments um, and how payments are being done with some of the more more future forward technologies like cryptocurrencies, but. Uh, and for example, Bitcoin and things like that. But one of the things I think is um, sort of one of the most exciting things I've seen in the last year is this move from taking bricks and mortar online and also vice versa, taking online stores into bricks and mortar. Uh, Shopify, for example, launched a point of sale system about a year ago, maybe a bit less than a year ago, uh, which allowed all of their merchants to actually um, sell or seamlessly manage their stock and their inventory of uh, their store, both online and in a bricks and mortar uh, store. Um, Square, a payment system here in the US, uh, launched a, a online marketplace called Square Market. So Square um, are sort of famous for providing these mobile credit card readers that that you could use with an iPhone or can use with an iPhone. But now they also provide uh, software for uh, iPads and all sorts of in-store actual credit card payment systems. But then they've also said to a lot of their merchants and vendors, if you want to have an online presence too, we can take the inventory you have in your your in-store and now sell it online through our square market. Uh, And I think that's a really cool... um, trend, I guess, from from seeing both the physical and, and face-to-face interaction uh, and the online global sort of commerce starting to converge. Mm. I've, I've got, you've just opened up a whole hundred questions for me about all this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, so so with, with, with things like Square and that sort of thing, 
Um, are you seeing an increase in people using Square for digital products as well, or is it just strictly for physical products at the moment? I think Square is very focused on uh, their merchants. I've heard uh, Jack Dorsey talk about their, um, they're there to help the, the small merchants and the little guy. Uh, and I think they're very obsessed with that sort of one or two store merchant or vendor and, and helping get them uh, a credit card reader. I think just today or maybe, yeah, it might actually have been just today they've announced that they're, they're providing a, um, a point of sale system or a credit card reader system globally, uh, which is something interesting. I know when I was in Sydney, Heather, um, my wife and I were going to a lot of coffee shops and we'd yeah. become accustomed to uh, to being able to use credit cards, mostly with Square, just about anywhere in the US, even even the tiny little coffee shops. But in Sydney, we found that, uh, that probably about 75 to 80% of them were cash only. Yeah, it is interesting, actually, probably just because they don't know that it exists for them. Well, I don't know if Square, I think until about 24 hours ago, Square wasn't even possible in Australia. And I'm not sure wow. of, of the competing vendors because um, there's a lot of overhead in in a company going global with the Visa and MasterCard network. Yeah. The reason I asked about digital, I've been to a number of events, you know, seminars and stuff, and uh, you either pay for your ticket at the door or they're selling their online programs at the back of the room. And, and, and this is over in the US, obviously, but they're using... Um, square for people to pay that sort of stuff too, which I thought was pretty cool. And I thought I was just wondering if that's a trend that uh, you're, you're seeing or it's just probably me in the space that I've been in seeing these sort of things happen. Well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's sort of a funny example showing they're selling the digital good in person. Yeah. And so uh, certainly Square is sort of um, is sort of the, the leader uh or at least the brand leader. I'm not sure if it actually has the market share, but the brand awareness leader of selling selling in person, um, whether it be physical or digital. Uh, that, that's a really interesting case. I haven't seen that too much, Andrew, but I think I might keep an eye out for that. Oh, there you go. I'll teach you something. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so, so what then? I guess the next question is like you know we hear about, um, and I'm pretty sure it's over here, but McDonald's going to PayPal. You can pay for McBurgers through McPayPal. <laughs> And uh, yeah. and we're using all sorts of different things like Square. Um, do you think we're heading for a cashless society completely? Uh, I would, yeah, I think so. I mean, um, particularly uh, particularly with mobile payments uh, yeah. and having having the credit card become the uh, having the phone become the credit card and the phone become the wallet. Mm. Uh, I think it's particularly now that Apple Pay um, is available or, or uh, and Apple is in that in that space. I think it's only a matter of time now before. Um, before it happens, and, and in some in some instances, it will be like uh, it, it will look like Apple Pay, where you still actually use the physical phone in mm-hmm. person. You you sort of put, um, touch it up against a device which says, "Okay, we're going to withdraw this much." Uh, and then in other other places, you won't ever use cash because it will be like Uber, where you actually book and pay through an app for a physical uh, good, and then the payments all taken care of in the background. Yeah, I find it fascinating over here. You go into a you know a Staples and and or something that's got a loyalty card. It doesn't matter whether it's a supermarket, and you pull out your phone to give them the your, or even a Starbucks card now, and um, yeah, it's all on my phone. I left house left home the other day and I left my wallet at home, but I knew I was going to Starbucks. I thought, well, I've got my phone. It doesn't matter, and I just pulled out my phone and my app had some credit on it, and I just gave them that thing, and bang, bang it was all done. 
And I'm like, I'm thinking, I don't need to buy a new wallet. I don't even need a wallet anymore. <laughs> Andrew, yeah. I don't know what I'm more frightened about, the fact that you're going to Starbucks now <laughs> or that you went without money. Well, in <laughs> Starbucks is okay over here. I, I know in Australia it's a bad bad swear word for Aussies, but there's one on every corner here. And- actually, um, <laughs> my wife goes to Starbucks because she likes the app so much. Oh, really? Uh, and she, yeah, she she the other day, and she she's um, a, an Australian coffee snob, born and bred, I think. But the other day, she she said she wanted to go to Starbucks just so she could use the app because I, I'm with her. You know, I'm with her. You, I, I discovered yeah, it as they, well. I think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I do a bit of work. So someone said to me the other day, "Where do you work?" I said, "I work at Starbucks." And they're like, "Oh, do you make coffees?" I'm like, "No, I just go there and I work." <laughs> yeah, that's that's my office. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, so what else about the future of e-commerce, uh, Brent? Because I know that, like, to give you an example, of some of the stuff we've done recently, we've built WooCommerce into. Um, loyalty programs, I suppose, where if you buy something or products of a certain amount on, a, on a, the site, then you unlock areas, the site for members where you get added bonuses and things like that. Um, what other things do you think are up and coming, um, not only to WooCommerce, but just e-commerce in general outside of, you know, the cube? And um, what other, th- other trends do you see coming? Uh, I think in the, in the immediate term, it's very much about mobile. Yeah. Uh, so M-commerce, as it's sometimes called, all the all the sort of growth charts on both mobile usage and then also transactions on mobile just show this crazy upward trend for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's only going to continue to the point where a lot of purchases we make will actually be um, from a mobile device, whether it's still through a browser or whether it's through an actual app operating on the mobile device. Um, definitely, definitely mobile, there was... I can't remember the statistics now, but I know uh, uh, in China, Alibaba run Singles Day, which is this enormous promotion. They did something like $9 billion in revenue in a a 24-hour period um, uh, this year on Singles Day. And it was the first day, I I might be misquoting this, but I think there was some astonishing statistic where it was something like the first day in history where mobile purchases actually um, outstripped uh, purchases from a web browser, or maybe it was just like a significant the the number of mobile purchases that doubled or tripled um, up on on the purchases last year. But definitely, mobile is something that I think uh, we all need to be paying attention to. Um, beyond that, uh, it depends it depends how far in the future you want to go. I think there's really interesting things at very early stages happening with Bitcoin and digital currencies, where mm-hmm. um, in a fun with payments and in a financial sense the global barriers really break down. Mm. So paying, um, buying something uh, from, or for us as expats, we all know this, that living or moving to a different country, the first thing you face is getting a bank account in that country and setting up um, setting up accounts in that country to work in the local country's uh, money. But when you, when you purchase online, it doesn't really make sense to um, have a currency that is restricted to a geographical area. So digital currencies certainly are something to watch in that space to basically removing those Ge- um, those geographical borders online. Hmm. Uh, and then there, there could be interesting things with drones and delivery as well. I think uh, anyone who's selling physical goods at the moment um, have, have the issue of uh, shipping, which is always always a pain with logistics. But some of the things that Amazon and Google are doing to experiment with uh, drone deliveries at the moment could, could prove to be really interesting, both by speeding up, uh, speeding up deliveries and also reducing the cost. So if you have same-day deliveries for almost all the items in your store, it, it really changes the dynamic of e-commerce compared to uh, bricks-and-mortar commerce. 
Yep, wait for the day we're going to be getting our heads ducking, ducking when drones come delivering <laughs> stuff at the door. It's going to be crazy. Deli- delivering Starbucks at the door. There you go. Yeah, that won't, that'll be the next iteration of the Starbucks app, I think. <laughs> really, <laughs> really. It to you. Or when the refrigerator says, oh, the milk's out, and the next thing you know, a drone, a drone drops, the, door, drops yeah. the milk by for you. Your milk's yeah, here. Well, that's your a whole other, um, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know I was out. Well, your fridge told me. We've been talking. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, so Brent, there's, uh, there's literally in WooCommerce, um, there's literally hundreds of extensions and plugins and that sort of stuff. What, what's your top four or five favorite ones and, and why do you like those specific ones? And yes, you can say yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's a tough question because there's sort of, there's so many different categories of extensions. So every site will need a payment gateway and then you have hundreds of just payment gateway extensions. Uh, in, in that category, I think Stripe is probably one of my favorites. Uh, it's not, not really big in Australia yet, but certainly bigger in the US. Uh, and they, they just make a lot of transactions with credit cards very easy. Uh, then you have things like shipping. Shipping really is a, is a geographical thing. So depending on where you are, which shipping extension you actually want to use. Um, so there's an Australia Post one for Australian stores. There's um, USPS and UPS and FedEx and every, every one you can think of and stamps.com, things like that for the US. Uh, but the, the extensions, the category of extensions that I really love are the ones that really, um, really sort of uh, allow a store to create a different business model or allow a business that previously it's very hard to get online uh, and do what they're doing to actually set up online. Mm. And those are extensions like bookings. So WooCommerce bookings, uh, there's tickets. So events calendar pro, I think it's called is a WordPress plugin and they have a Woo tickets extension, which allows you to sell tickets to your events through WooCommerce. Mm. Uh, and then things like subscriptions, of course. So if you want to do uh, anything recurring, you can use WooCommerce subscriptions as well as there's the pre-orders extension. So uh, I love the concept of pre-orders. You, we see like some amazing things come come to life through Kickstarter and Indiegogo and some of these sites in part because companies can use that crowdfunding model as an actual pre-order. So if they have a great idea for something and they want to uh, they want to actually see if if anyone would buy it or anyone wants it before they launch, uh, you could use something like WooCommerce pre-orders to launch that. Yeah. What, what do you think, um, if someone wanted to go and just have a look at what's available for WooCommerce, do they just go to the extensions part of WooCommerce uh, website or is there some something else that you would recommend them to go and check out? Uh, I mean, it's a, t- it's a tough question because uh, probably, probably it... <laughs> It depends on uh, it depends on what you're looking for. Google, as usual, is your friend, where you can just say top five WooCommerce extensions or um, best WooCommerce shipping extension or something like that, and you'll get a whole range of uh, sources and different people. Particularly as WooCommerce becomes more popular, hopefully more of this information will get out there, and more people will share their their views on what extensions they like and things like that. Uh, in terms of actually purchasing extensions, I think it's a good idea to purchase the official extensions through WooThemes.com mm. uh, because you know that there's going to be support on it. You know the bugs uh, will be fixed if there are issues. You know someone's there to answer your question and that it, it will be compatible with future versions. That that sort of gets back to that second question about uh, what to do right. I think that's that's one of the things buy your extensions from a reputable reputable source who you know will be around in the future. I didn't know there was anywhere else you could buy them. There you go. I know, huh? <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, 
Um, while we're talking about extensions, I just wanted to touch briefly on your subscription. So how does that work? Uh, in many different ways, which I think is why people like it. <laughs> uh, so it, it really takes the, the concept of um, a subscription, which is just a recurring uh, payment down to sort of its essence and then tries to extrapolate that to any use case. So use cases from digital goods where you're actually selling a membership uh, and potentially downloadable items along with it. You can set up things so uh, it actually has an expiry date and if someone purchases uh, a subscription then it expires in, in six months' time, they only have access to the downloadable good until that, until that subscription expires. Mm. Uh, in terms of physical items, there might be, um, so for example, the site we mentioned before doing the toothbrush subscriptions every three months, uh, a new order gets generated in their store to say to the store owner, hey, here's a processing order to ship such and such, uh, this type of toothbrush. Uh, they can use WooCommerce to, to manage the shipping with that or if they have drop shipping set up, it all, all happens seamlessly in the background and, and gets shipped out. Uh, and, and yeah, any, anything from digital to physical or virtual or combination of both, it can handle. Um, we always say with people that have PayPal, general business or personal PayPal, um, who want to go into subscriptions to move away from general PayPal for that. <laughs> do you do you agree? So if somebody's actually wanting to do the whole subscription thing, what sort of payment um, platform should they be looking at? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of one of the big advantages um, of using WooCommerce subscriptions is that it's payment gateway agnostic. So yeah. uh, there's about there's about thirteen or fourteen different payment gateways you can use for automatic payments. But then some people also like to do manual payments, which means uh, say someone pays annually for something uh, when their next payment is due, uh, WooCommerce just generates an invoice, sends it to them, and they can pay however they want, be it like bank transfer or check. If you're dealing with older customers uh, through to modern payment methods, nice. um, and uh, I, I usually prefer, I, I usually recommend Stripe, uh, maybe Authorize.net or Braintree. Yeah. So PayPal actually own Braintree now, but it's a significantly more advanced uh, payment method than uh, using PayPal or PayPal standard. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, PayPal can be very tricky to work with and a lot of issues along the way. So. We have noticed. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think anyone who's been with them for a little while yes. finds that, unfortunately. <laughs> now, awesome. earlier um, we were talking about the whole trend of brick-and-mortar businesses starting to use Cube and use e-commerce. Um, do you do you think that that's going to be necessary moving ahead, that all brick-and-mortar sort of businesses are going to need to start to have an e-commerce arm? I, I mean, I don't think they'll need to. They Certainly there can be sort of the local cafe and it has its, its certain its customers who come in and see it each week and those kind of businesses can can certainly survive and and continue to to live off a local a local customer group rather than opening up a wider net but uh we did an interview with need more designs a portland-based uh, design agency recently for the prosperous.com blog and they work with a lot of those um, vendors who have a small retail outlet, bricks and mortar outlet, uh, and they they said that part of um, their goal is to just help. They they find um, they find vendors who have like a great quality product and already have like a lot of. Uh, fans rather than just customers who come into their store for that product uh, and they take them online so that they can actually open it up both um, to, to have more of a relationship with those customers. So using something like subscriptions where 
rather than just going in and get their coffee each morning, they can also get their beans delivered every fortnight or every month as well. Uh, but also open it up if people say come to Portland for a week or two, uh, come into the store, love the coffee or love the gelati or whatever the product. Uh, they do they do actually ship gelati. Would you believe? I didn't I didn't know this was even possible, but wow. apparently you can uh, you can have gelati shipped. But uh, then then they can take them online and. Uh, continue continue that relationship, but also open it up to a much larger audience. I uh, so, I know I know they've been shipping uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. There's a there's um Nebraska is it Nebraska steaks or Omaha steaks? Ah uh, yeah, <laughs> I've seen they these guys. Yeah. They ship steaks <laughs> over here. It's just it's uh, it's mind blowing. In fact, um, it's just mind blowing what people are shipping these days. And uh, I just find it fascinating that you can get anything you want online. It doesn't matter whether it's cold or not. Which is just amazing. Well, food, food e-commerce is almost almost in the category of the future of e-commerce because there's um, one of the fun things about being in San Francisco is you get to live in a place where there's all these crazy entrepreneurs and tech startups around. And I think there's something something crazy like probably 50 or 100 different startups at the moment which are designed to bring you lunch or bring you dinner. And it's everything from gourmet meals to home-cooked meals from someone else and all, all sorts of crazy stuff. But Unbelievable. Well, I know we're getting to the top of the hour, Brent, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, have a chat to us about this sort of stuff because it's always good to uh, get expert opinions on this sort of stuff. Heather and I sit there and we talk about it, but uh, and we use it. We use this stuff regularly, but it's great to see it from a different perspective completely. So we really appreciate your time today uh, sharing this stuff with us. Yeah, no problems. Thanks for having me. Where can guys uh, go find out more about you? Is it is it basically your extension or do you have a website as well? Uh, the company website's a good spot. So prosperous, P-R-O-S-P-R-E-S-S.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do, uh, we have a blog on there uh, where we do interviews with store owners and share some of their tips for setting up their store as well as reviews of uh, looking at different extensions and how they can be used in learning resources. Uh, people can find me on Twitter personally also, then Brent, so T-H-E-N-B-R-E-N-T. Those are two of the best spots. Cool. Well, thank you so much for um, for taking the time. I always love when you cross paths with somebody interesting and then, you know, it turns into a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, now, hey, if people listening to us on uh, online, they can go and check us out on iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, or even Podomatic. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear about how you're using uh, your e-commerce platform or your WooCommerce plugins. It'd be great. And of course, we'll have the show notes over at aybpodcast.com. For those of you that simply could not spell prosperous.whatever.com, however Brett just said it, um, that's where you're going to find a link. It'll be a lot easier for you to go over there. And I recommend that you do because you should check out these examples and, and case studies and things that he has over on his website. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks again, Brent, for joining us. And um, we will talk to you guys soon. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com. Or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.